0: This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA Exam Prep Program. The TSM NCA Prep Program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions, arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep.com at torontosom.ca Welcome to A Shot of Life, a podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada taking a snapshot of the person behind their professional title. This is episode 23. Our 23rd guest is Stephanie Sonawane. Stephanie is a litigation associate with a broad civil and commercial litigation practice focusing on contractual, shareholder, and real estate disputes, as well as oppression claims. Stephanie practiced law at the Supreme Court of India prior to joining the law firm she's working at currently and various tribunals. She represented multinational clients across a variety of industries such as telecommunications, e-commerce, aviation, and energy. She also volunteered at the House of Lords in the United Kingdom and with various other charities. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, Anton. Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast today
1: great to be here thank you for having me
0: yeah and now i'm starting to see um some of the fruits of my labor because stephanie for the listeners um you reached out to me um through the facebook page i believe after having listened to some of the podcast episode is that right
1: correct yeah yeah Yeah. i've been seeing your posts and i think what you're doing is great and very resourceful yeah
0: Great. Yeah. And it's kind of a manifestation for me as to what I envisioned this being, which was people listening, getting something out of it. But also, I've really found um, that people are eager to help too like to offer mm-hmm. their insights and and some and we'll get into it in the meat of this interview and some of what i'm I'm keen to learn from you and your expertise is reviewing CVs cover letters interviewing NCA candidates specifically so that's really interesting um, and so Stephanie I always start these podcasts um, by looking to learn a little bit more about you you know where are you from um, where you practice law and you know, your journey to Canada, if you could just briefly summarize that, how that went.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm from Delhi, India, mm-hmm. and uh, I practiced for about five years before I immigrated to Canada, which was sometime, in, uh, I believe, in early 2018. Seems like, you know, a while ago, but yeah, it's only right. been two years. And I practiced uh, commercial litigation at the Supreme Court. Um, came here in 2018 and began taking the NCA's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, ass- I was luckily assessed with just the five, uh, you know, mandatory uh, courses. Right. But since I had just moved and uh, I was all by myself, so I moved by myself, um, I, f- I found that it would be easier if I split the, the exams. Mm-hmm. So just to understand how the process uh, works. So I took two uh, exams, which was, I think, constitutional law and PR. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you're aware that, you know, it's, it's challenging to study for these exams, and mm-hmm. particularly if you're self-studying. Uh, and I say this because, you know, there aren't many practice tests out there that give you an insight into the exam.
0: Right. Uh, I've, I actually, not- I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, a lot of people reach out to me, actually, Stephanie, and they say, you know, there's pra- there's exams online available, but they're always in search of the practice answers. Correct. <laughs> That's those exactly. Are, yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are more difficult to come by. And from what I, my experience is, a lot of the um, practicing lawyers or tutors in the space um, are hesitant to do that because they can kind of get copied, mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. But anyway, sorry, sorry. But I just thought that that was interesting. You mentioned that.
1: No, well, I think I think that's one of the biggest challenges because you're really not sure how to prepare your responses because you, there's nothing much that you can use as uh, precedent, and which is why you know I decided to take the two exams and PR. You know, they say is relatively easier, mm-hmm. so I decided to take one difficult exam and I coupled it with PR. Mm-hmm. Because it was all unfamiliar territory to me. And uh, I, you know, fortunately, I passed the two exams, and that was a bit reassuring because uh, it validated the way I was preparing for them. Right. Um, and I, I don't know what I did, and I know everyone has different studying styles, and some people like to study in groups, some people like to write, some people, you know,
0: yeah. have
1: tutors. But I think what, what really helped me was. Um, Making my own notes from the material that I had, mm. and I also had like you know the NC is is, is open book yep. so and to be honest, when you say open book, it doesn't make the process any simpler. It's not right. like you have you know all the time in the world to start flipping pages if you don't know it, you, you really time management is key, right. and uh, every second counts, and the minute you you're up five minutes, you sort of end up uh, not attempting some question mm-hmm. which can be fatal to your, uh, you know, marks, pass or fail. Um, so, I mean, the one thing I did to help me navigate through the materials was I tabbed and color coded all my notes. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, had my own handwritten notes, which really, really helped me because it, it helps you sort of prepare for the exam itself. And, you know, when you see something familiar, you're, you're you can just, you can, you know, open that or just from memory, write down what you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And for instance, for constitutional law, which I, which I loved because it was an interesting course, I actually found three other very, you know, bright students. Um, All of us were in different places. Uh, I was in Toronto, you know, this other girl was in BC, this other guy was in Alberta, and I think uh, this other girl was in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And we would find the time to come together, jump on calls and discuss certain topics. And I think it made, uh, studying a lot of fun and it was important to keep the group small because you tend to sometimes, you know, not have many meaningful or fruitful discussions by the end of two hours. Right. But, uh, I think we were, we were very disciplined and organized and we'd have, um, uh, topics given, given out, and everyone came, came together, explained their topic, and we had good, you know, discussions. So that was very helpful. And um, I, I, I understand the panic and, you know, the fear that I had that as a new NCA candidate, and as a new immigrant, and being all by yourself in a new country. Um, you know, you're, you're grappling with so many issues, and not having a streamlined path or not you know being part of a university or college or you know where you have guidance counselors can be very intimidating and daunting yeah
0: but yeah i was gonna say i think some of it's really great that you managed to find some study partners and things like that and i think i mean we've all been on facebook (laughs) and mm -hmm. i think that's kind of what's Going on in some senses on Facebook is people are really looking for community, you know. I mean, there's a lot of different things happening on Facebook, but part one of (laughs) them, and part of the thing that I'm trying to build here, is that sense of community because there was this statistic that I that I learned of that said that more internationally trained lawyers are called to the relative provincial bars in Canada than domestically trained lawyers. Oh wow,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean, don't. I think that's true, and if it's <laughs> if it's not true, then it's got to be close anyway. Right. I mean, there just in August, there were three thousand exam writers
2: mm-hmm. um
0: about four thousand registered writers. So that just gives you a sense of how many mm-hmm. people you know um, right. and so I think there is this bit of a fracture that you don't have you know, a class of 2018 to, Mm -hmm. to rely on and to say, hey, did you apply to such and such firm? What did they say? You're kind of Mm -hmm. in here all together, but also all alone. And um, yeah, I think community, I think you were touching on that community is really important because it can be intimidating.
1: For sure. And, you know, I was lucky because I found, I mean, all, all the, the other three people I found, we were at the same level. We had the same wavelength and, you know, not one was not ahead and we, we, we were we all were on the, we were on the same page mm-hmm. so it made things go a bit faster so I think it's if you find that then that's that's great yeah um, I know some people uh, find tutors who help them but I, I mean without commenting on whether or not to reach out to a tutor uh, because again you know studying is something so personal mm-hmm. my advice to new NCA candidates or candidates who are currently going through the process would be not to get overwhelmed, you know, before you can even start your journey.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, One must remember and be mindful of the fact that the NCA's are basically just your first step. Yeah. And finding a job that's the right fit for you is much more challenging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's so,
1: right. I mean, you really can't afford to um, exhaust yourself on just step one. Mm-hmm. So break it down, you know, break it down into smaller steps, like begin your research in advance, reach out to other NCA students, find that, like you said, Facebook is a great resource and you know, find that right fit with a small number of students if studying in a group is helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, review the syllabus, uh, understand, you know, b- so before you can, you know, make a decision, on uh, whether or not you you want to enroll yourself say you know I know there are several uh, universities like Osgood has the LLM mm-hmm. uh, program Toronto University of Toronto has the GPLM and uh, I looked into all of those and you know it's until you know what you're fighting don't make a dec- don't make a decision in a vacuum like if you really think once you've Done it yourself and answer the questions and seen the materials, and you still think that no, you know this is not. I I can't do this by myself. I'm, I'm I I really need help. Mm-hmm. Then make those decisions. But even before you can, you know, start your journey, don't you know? Don't get frantic and make something make a decision in haste.
0: Right. And I think that that's kind of it. Speaks to what a lot of people on the podcast have said, including. You know, <laughs> the executive director of the NCA herself and, mm-hmm. you know, a head recruiter at BLG. Um, right. This is truly a journey. Like the reason this is the NCA. Um, journey series is because Mm -hmm. the NCA part of it is one, one sort of step. And I think what happens is, you know, sometimes you can go on Facebook and see, you know, all these people are going for tutors and you can kind of get lost in the sense that you, okay, let's do the exams. Let's get tutoring. Let's, let's pass them. But you know, then there's what I can imagine. There would be a bunch of people after that saying, Oh, okay. Now I
1: could have done
0: this by myself. Yeah. I could have done it by myself or, did I, you know, like, what else, like, I mean, if you're, in my opinion, right, if you're going to pay for services, um, you should probably look at, I mean, people who go for the Osgood LLM, for international applicants, it's like 30,000 plus, right? Oh, Canadian yeah. dollars. Yeah. What you're paying for is um, the the master's degree, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, also, mm-hmm. you know, there's a perception or or... I guess the reality that you do have access to the careers department, Mm -hmm. um, within Osgoode Hall law school, you have access to all of the seminars and sessions that exist. So that's all the extra stuff that can kind of keep your eyes on the prize. Um, and I think within the individual tutor space or whatever, you can kind of get too focused on the exams and lose sight of sight, of the bigger picture.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree. And, uh, you know, it's. I I know Osgood has helped. There are advantages and disadvantages for, you know, everything. I yeah. knew that I didn't have that kind of uh, financial resources to spend right. just towards uh, something that I could have done on my own. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I if I if I needed to spend that kind of money, I would do it on a proper LLM. And we all know that these LLMs are have only recently come up because of the influx of all foreign uh, right. lawyers to Canada so I mean I'm sure there's a commercial element to these things as well mm-hmm. and which is why they're so expensive um, so I mean having said that again you know it's, it's, it's a very personal decision it depends on your circumstances but my, my one um, advice would be or suggestion would be that you know before you can jump into all these several options that you know lie before you Step back, take the time to do your own research mm-hmm. and then make an informed decision
2: right.
1: uh, passing the NCAs is like you know it, it, it is sort of a dark horse because like you rightly pointed out there are no responses but I think what worked for me and my personal belief is that if you present your answer well mm-hmm. and support each of your uh, arguments with case law you should you should really be good mm-hmm. and you know Maybe people have you know we're we're under the impression that sometimes, oh you know you need, you need to sort of have these answers that run into ten pages, um, but I don't think that that's necessarily true. It doesn't uh, no. guarantee yeah. you higher marks or anything like that. Um, like I said, you know, write well and have case law ready and support your argument if you know whether for or against whatever the question may be and manage your time well, because honestly, there is no time to open your materials. You really need to know where that topic is and uh, what, what, you know, uh, case Mm -hmm. law is applicable and then just rush to that to make sure you've captured everything. So time management is key.
0: That's really good advice. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you let's, you, you mean let's maybe, Push. You've pushed past the NCAs. You've completed them. Um, I assume the bar exams were quite quickly done thereafter.
1: Correct. So I had a bit of a different journey because mm-hmm. um, I completed my NCAs. I mean, mm-hmm. I completed four of my NCAs, and I think I was waiting. Sorry, let me go back. So I got hired in uh-huh. Jan 2019. Um, and I got hired as a summer student, even though it was, you know, winter, Right. but because I, I, you know, I needed to be hired and I still didn't have my certificate. That's right. I didn't have my NCA because, you know, that takes a while yeah. to come yeah. up and the results take some time. So I didn't have all those things in place then. So, which is why I, uh, was hired as a summer student. And I did that for six months. And then I was hired back as an articling student. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to be in the same cycle as, you know, all the other Canadian uh, graduates. So I started, sorry, um, somewhat for six months. And then I began my articles last year in August. Hmm. And um, that, that went on for 10 months. And then I got hired back. And I began as an associate this fall. Mm -hmm. And while I was articling, I took my barristers and solicitors exam and I broke it up. So I took the barristers in the summer and then I took uh, the solicitors in the next session. I think that was September or November something like that.
0: I think that's good. That's a good piece of information, too, because a lot of people um, aren't sure of what they're Mm -hmm. capable of doing. Right. Mm So that's that's really good that you managed to, to do it that way. Yeah. 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 I
1: mean, mm -hmm. you don't want to pressurize yourself. No.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you so if when you finish your bar exams and things like that, what what role you say you're an associate now, which is great. Congratulations, first of all. Um, Maybe can you walk me through how you managed to secure that position? Because I know there are a lot of NCA candidates out there now who um are finishing their NCAs or are just completing their bar exams,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, or have just been recently called and they're looking for work. Mm-hmm. And so now they're wondering, oh geez, now what? Now yeah, what am I gonna yeah, do? So yeah. how how did you, Stephanie, um, navigate that part of the journey?
1: Yeah, so I I think planning in advance really goes a long way. And I know this sounds like the you know most cliche. <laughs> line a plan in advance of plan a plan b and plan c but it really really helps because you uh i i was sure that i wanted to article even though i was uh, eligible for an exemption you know, uh, because i practiced in a common law jurisdiction for five years uh but it was important for me and uh, so i began reaching out to people even before i got to canada mm-hmm. because i i honestly didn't know anyone particularly loyal. Right. And that continued even while I was studying for the NCAs. I continued to network. And um, that fortunately led me to, uh, I, I got an interview when right. I was expecting it. And uh, I was hired. So, you know, it, it, all in all, it sort of took a year to come here, clear all the exams. And uh, after a year, I began um, at, at this firm I'm currently at. But um yeah I th- it was
0: that's, I'm sorry again to interrupt. I feel like I'm doing all sorry, it's just you say so many things that are like I keep nodding my head, yep yep <laughs> um and it, it's something that i'm you know I'm learning from others as well, like you and and those who have in, who I've interviewed before you, and again, the success stories that come out of internationally trained lawyers um they don't happen overnight right no. you you have to have it's such a I wish I like Facebook had a function where you could just yell at people. (laughs) No, (laughs) just like tell people like, you know, listen, have a long view of this. It's not, you know, being a lawyer is not about exams. So you have to start, you know, I've spoken to uh, somebody who was from Pakistan uh, just Mm -hmm. very recently, and she was saying that while she was in Pakistan, she was connecting with people Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's that's a relatively simple thing you can do. Yeah. But again, you get kind of sidetracked by the whole exam style right. of accreditation. Yeah. You know? right. so, yeah.
1: And and you know, mind you, you're not it's important not to just send out bulk invitations, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It's important not to just start spamming people. I think like, it, it, you know, it goes back to the same thing that I was saying that take your time to do your own research and try and figure out i know it's hard to do things online especially when you know you don't have someone to call up and say hey you know how's the legal market there and to be honest no one's ever going to be able to give you a subjective view of the legal market right i mean i'm sorry an objective view of of the legal market um and it's it's all going to be very relative everyone's going to give you uh their experiences so it's important to do your independent research and then based on what you find interesting reach out to you know those people from a particular firm that you liked or something that you read about a firm or you know stuff like that Uh, pick and choose and it it is going to be frustrating because out of 10 invitations you send five might accept and two might respond
0: right so
1: don't get disheartened
0: Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a great point, too. And it's part of the reason that I include the interviewees LinkedIn profiles whenever I post Mm -hmm. um, an interview, because, you know, I mean, sure, like, you know, I just interviewed and posted the interview with Charles Osuji. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. managing partner of his own law firm, you know, and he's, uh, he's a busy guy. Um, But he offered lots of very similar advice to you, in that you really have to think about, networking and making connections rather Mm -hmm. than like I mean LinkedIn says connect right Mm -hmm. but connections is more than just hey I've been looking for experience what can you do for me Mm -hmm. connections Mm -hmm. like hey you know introducing yourself and maybe offering yourself as a solution to you know something like that and and maybe that that's a good kind of segue into um, what I'm really excited to talk to you about which is your experience in Dealing with NCA candidates now from the other side, right? Right. Like you're you're now on the other side of things, Correct. and so you you just began giving some advice on how to connect. And I I'm curious, and we can start the conversation by saying, you know, you mentioned don't just send bulk emails. Mm-hmm. Have have you have you received bulk emails? Like, can you tell from the genuine ones?
1: Well, so it, it's it's a bit twofold. Um, I did assist my. Form in reviewing the NCA candidates' uh, applications, and I I also get uh, many NCA students you know reach out to me and ask me for tips and advice, and they'll send me their cover letters and resumes, and I see a pattern. You know, you you can tell immediately when like I saw one example where someone had you know the wrong name. That person wasn't <laughs> right. even the recruiter at the firm. I <laughs> mean, you oh, no. you you have a very small window. Mm-hmm. And you really don't want to be eliminated over something that's under your control. And mm-hmm. your application is basically you presenting yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's so step one. I mean, I, just going back to um, what advice I would give to people who are applying to yeah. forms is that you know there are many many free resources out there for starters. Mm-hmm. So, if you're if you're applying to a particular firm, make sure you you've read whatever's available about that firm on right. its website. Mm-hmm. And more often, the big firms or you know several firms put out what they're expecting in their application package.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so tailor your resume to each position, and same thing with your cover letter. Tailor your cover letter to each position. Do mm-hmm. not like sending resumes in bulk is is a big no, no. Mm. Uh, same thing with government positions. They, in fact, have sample resumes and cover letters. So take a look at those uh, resources if you're applying for a government position. And mm. remember to keep your resume simple. You know, Two pages, sufficient spacing. Don't sort of think, don't feel the need to cram in a lot of information. Keep it relevant. Keep your sentences short. Uh, yeah. And always make sure you have proofread it or, you know, have someone else proofread it for you. Um, and the, I'd say the same thing for cover letters, you know, one page is ideal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it really should not be a repeat of your resume because they're anyway, you know, going to see what you have in your resume. So make your cover letter interesting and, um, you know, that is something that stands out or something that will make you uh, an attractive candidate, you know, that'll give you that interview call.
0: Right. That's great. And, and you know, um, when I interviewed Angela Sorti from BLG, mm-hmm. she talked about a lot of the same things that you're talking about now, mm-hmm. which tells me that this is sort of industry wide, right? Like there are mm-hmm. certain industry wide expectations of mm-hmm. candidates in, you know, how to tailor a CV, what, I- you know, what can potentially be a fatal flaw, which is mm-hmm. like you said, addressing the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, And I wonder if you could speak just briefly on some of the most common errors that you see in CVs and in cover letters. I can start you off by giving you one that I heard, which is that in some areas of the world, um, let's call it more verbose or flowery Correct. language Correct. is is favored. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cultural differences in the legal communities around the world which is fine. It makes it, you know, interesting and really great. Yeah. But when you're looking to apply to a Canadian law firm, I've heard you have to really kind of cut that stuff down. And oh, we, yeah. you made mention of that in saying, you know, keep your cover letter to a page rather than, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: so I mean, this is I'm glad you touched upon this because I was going to say that you know take the time to understand how your resume should be drafted. You're in a different country, and a resume that might have worked in your home country may not work here. Mm. And as you rightly pointed out, it's not just resume and cover letters. You know, I can speak for myself that in in India, you still have a lot of formal language. You still have a lot of legalese in your drafting materials, and that's you know very different here you don't have that if things are informal you have short sentences you, you, you there's really no need to be uh uh to put in like you know extra legalese or you know latin phrases and it, right. it really yeah, doesn't so. impress anyone um and you basically have to adapt to the new environment you're in and that you know brings me this is you know it's that actually leads me to the point, which is why I dis- I wanted to article so that I can you know learn all these things and pick all these things up as I'm going in order to be a value addition to a firm later right. on as an associate because I didn't want to be a first year associate learning these things because you're you're technically supposed to know all these things by the time you're an associate so I mean that, that's why I favored articling, um, and. Uh, yeah, so I mean, same thing. Like with all your drafts, resume, cover letters, it comes back to the same thing that you know, talk to people who have gone through the process or who are from who have studied here and who who've gone through the recruitment process through their you know universities mm-hmm. and get their inputs on your uh, resume before you can send it out.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's exactly right. And there are some resources. There's um, an interview I did with, um, her name is Lisa Dancer and she does I, yeah. legalcareercoach.ca is a new yeah. sort of yeah. coaching mechanism and yeah. that podcast, um, was really interesting and you know again like this is all really good. you know how you mentioned earlier there's a lot of free information out there mm-hmm. um, hopefully this counts as part of that i mean i know how important it is to seek samples of mm-hmm. what an effective cover letter is versus what is an ineffective one
1: yeah
0: and things like that but just to hear from people who are in the space i think is so valuable yeah and so, yeah
1: and, and remember you're you're competing i mean all, all of us We're we're It's a highly competitive environment and we're competing with students who've gone to school here, who are Mm -hmm. familiar with, you know, how to draft these things. So, you know, by putting, for instance, one resume I saw had bold, underlined bullets and just stylistically just doesn't look appealing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, let alone the spacing issue. And, you know, it has to be neat. It needs to, the person who's going through these applications probably spends 30 seconds or a minute Reviewing things because there are just so many. Yeah. So you really can't afford to make it look uh, messy.
0: Yeah. I think that's important, again, because... You know, there's there's a lot of nice things, really, really important things about internationally trained lawyers, the characteristics they have, you know, like, if you practiced law in India previous to coming to Canada, that's a wealth of experience that you've got. Um, And I think in the application packages, it's so important to be able to effectively display that you know to it's one thing to say that you have all this experience another Mm -hmm. thing to show it without you know you know in in a piece on a piece of paper (laughs) and that's it's not as easy as it sounds right obviously if you have to keep the cover letter to a page
2: yeah um,
0: how do you effectively tell people about yourself i think it's something that takes quite a bit of effort um, which is ours um, ours of hard work on one exactly yeah and i think that's why some people resort to sending mass cover letters out rather than tailoring them specifically to a law firm. But I yeah. think it's worth it from what I'm hearing from you and others. It's really worth it to spend the extra time to um, really cater that cover letter so that you are speaking to that firm specifically.
1: Correct. And, and you know, these people, who are the recruiters or people in charge of uh, hiring you, have mm-hmm. a wealth of experience they can probably tell in a second that you know this person's really yeah. not taken the time to uh, look into our firm or this looks like you know a copy paste from another letter, and why should we hire you' not you've, you've not even taken the time to look at our website
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you're not interested it, it's It's a mutual gain like you need to sell yourself. they need to know that you're interested in them and why you want to work with them and uh, someone I met early on told me that your cover letter should tell a story and pick one example, any one example, don't feel the need to put in like, Oh, I did five things, you know, here in this X, Y, Z position, I should put all of that in Um, your resume is going to show that, but pick one example, talk about that, what you learned from that or what you, you know, what you'd like to uh, convey to the reader of that letter. Um, And, play with it like you know don't don't feel which is why people start preparing these materials way in advance because it's not something that you can do overnight
0: yes no exactly and again speaks to having that long view you know mm-hmm.
1: um, the planning
0: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's one of those things and i think it's really important and um i suppose on that note stephanie will will close um Uh, And I, again, kind of like to start conversations off with everybody the same way. And I've now started to close them in the same way, Mm -hmm. Stephanie. And um, it's because I'm really curious about how people view their journey now that it's complete, or at least where they are now versus Mm -hmm. where they were when they started. So given all of your experiences through the NCA and getting work and all of that, you know, coming to Canada on your own, Mm -hmm. would you do this all again?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, for That's, sure.
0: Yeah. That's really good. I spoke to a, a few people who say, well, you know, but, um, I think ultimately from what I've, I'm learning from everybody else is that you really, um, you, you learn a lot about yourself and mm-hmm. you, you can become quite proud, you know, mm-hmm. of everything that you go through. I, mm-hmm. I mean, for a domestically trained candidate, Life can be hard, of course. I mean, everybody has their own story, but to come to a different country, you know, is not is not easy. And to do it and to to work as a lawyer in a different country is not easy. And so from uh, I'm wondering if you feel the same way and that, you know, no matter if there's ups and downs and you've had, you know, nights of heartache or anxiety, it's all worth it kind of.
1: Oh no, for sure. And uh, you know, every every we're all human. We all mm-hmm. try to, you know, give up and we're impatient and we get, it's easy to get frustrate, uh, frustrated. This, this is a challenging process, but, you know, keep your eye on the ball and you'll eventually get there.
0: Great. That's, that would a what an excellent way to end it, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> um, and at the end of this podcast, I, I'm going to, um, for everybody listening will be uh, Stephanie, your contact on LinkedIn, if that's okay. Mm-hmm and um, for people who are interested in finding out more learning a little bit about stephanie's firm and what she's doing you know by all means i you know that's the whole point of all this so hopefully we can connect and and make meaningful connections don't just Mm -hmm. message stephanie the same thing you message everybody else right
1: i agree thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks for doing this stephanie i appreciate it. my
1: pleasure my pleasure
0: it for episode 23 of the podcast. I hope that, again, some some of the insights that Stephanie was able to share in terms of, first of all, her journey, but also um, in her current work and how she's overseeing the applications that are coming through from internationally trained lawyers and NCA candidates. I think it's always good to learn from people who are actively hiring or vetting the kind of candidate that um, that a large majority of the listeners here will be so to get insights like that i hope are invaluable to you guys um, and uh, again thank you stephanie for taking time and um, looking forward to maybe catching up later on in 2021 to to get an update on how things are going and also to see if there are any trends and changes that are happening in the hiring of nca candidates until then we'll talk again